The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Thank you. 
if your heart was to send a message or a word to God, what would that be? You notice in Malachi chapter 3, verses 13 to 18, there are three people, three groups that we're told to share words. First, we have the, the majority of God's people. I'm going to call them the prophetians. The prophetians have a word for God that heart is a certain way. The fearers, the God fearers, also have a word to God. Then finally, God Himself has a word for His people. So let's start with the prophetians' heart. We see that in verses 13 to 15. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, How have we spoken against you? You have said, It is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our people whose powers are walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the age blessed. Evil doers not only prosper, but they put God to the test. The prophetess heartbeat says to God, I don't want you. I want that. It seeks profit for itself from the Lord. It wants a relationship with God because it feels that He can give them the stuff that they desire. And right up front, we notice that God says that their heart is, that their word is hard against God. And that word, hard, that is used here to describe God's people. Back in Exodus, it's the same word that's used to describe the condition of Pharaoh's heart. What else does this hard word say to God? It says that serving God is vain. It's like trying to hold back the tide of the ocean with a little sand mound on the beach. It's useless. Or it's like trying to cuddle a raft with a tennis ball. It's futile. It gets you nowhere. Prophet here it says, What do you gain by keeping God's commandments? What does petitioning God through prayer and fasting get you in life? How does that focus? So it's wise for us to try to work out how did God's people get to this point where the majority are saying to God, What? The point of serving you is useless. Right back at the start of Malachi, God reminds them that He has loved them and He loves them still. He reminds them that compared to the nations around them, they're not still under judgment. They've been brought back into their land, into relationship with God. What gets them to the point of saying, What's the use? Serving God. But I get here fundamentally because they've got the wrong measure of 
two nights outdoors trip. The prophets here are using material prosperity as the measure of those who are God's treasure. And so when they look over the fence at their neighbor's wall, they see something that they desire more than their own. They surmise that those who don't serve God have a better life. They get to the point where they're looking at the arrogance and they're saying, you're blessed by God. It's not the humble who are blessed by God, it's the arrogant who are blessed by God. They seem to be having the easy life. Let's pause there for a second. Here in verse 15, we have God's people, the children of Jacob, if you like, calling the arrogant blessed by God. Now look back at those, and who is calling whom blessed by God in verse 12? Bless all nations, call God's people blessed. Now we're told that if, if God's people would just show their faith in God, trust Him, and bring the full tithe and offerings into the temple of God. Everyone in Israel will be provided for. There will be no more need. And the nations around Israel will see that and say, They, Israel, are blessed for God. See, the language here in verse 15 has switched. The assessment of who's blessed has switched. And that comes because when you use material prosperity as the measure of determining those in God's presence, you start to get mixed up. You start to call the curse blessed. You start to call evil good. And we see that in Verse 15 continues. It's the evil doers, those who are willing to stretch the law and to break the law, those who are corrupt. Well, they seem to be the ones who are profiteering. They're getting ahead in life because of what they're willing to do. The evil doers, not the obedient, they seem to be getting somewhere in life. And through their evil deeds, they test God. Yet despite their obvious guilt, they escape. It's like a big corporation today who sets up a new company so they can escape the financial ramifications of lawsuits against them because they have a basic product. Or it's like the bank that admits to engagement in fraud, yet they escape punishment by the government because they donated to their political campaign. The corrupt get away with it. It's the evildoers 
those willing to stretch and break the law that seem to be getting somewhere in this life. Is that what you've noticed? You might say they're like, what's wrong? Nothing is to them. Slide straight off. You can't hit on them. And so God's people then start to start to wonder what and getting confused about what is this testing? They're testing God if they escape. They test God, but they get away with it. In this language of testing can be confusing to us, can't it? In by and large, we're told not to test God. Jesus affirms this in Matthew 4, where he cites Deuteronomy 6, saying, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Yet we might remember back in Malachi 3, verse 10, God says this, Let's bring the full tide into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven to you and pour down to you a blessing until there is no more need. Well, what's the truth? What road are we supposed to take? Are we to test God or are we not? Well, there's a difference between these two tests. The, the difference is the one test comes from a heart that trusts God. It is faithful to God. We see that in verse 10. The other text comes from a heart that scorns God. It is faithless towards Him, and that is the one we see in verse 15. The heart that beats with God and says to God the words, I don't want you, I want that. Is a heart that will look on the lies of the arrogant and evil doers. And the bad news in my country is that this is the natural beat of humanity. We get it from Adam and Eve. It's not something we can escape, we're born with it. Those who have this power see evil as good. Something is good for me as long as I can get away with it. Rather than it being good for me because it's God, it's not so if I can get away with it, well then it's good for me. It means it comes tax time. That's an opportunity to get as much as you can from the government, whether it's a legit reason or not. I mean, relationships become something that's all about self-gratification. So what I can look at, when I can look at it, whatever I want to do, whoever I want to do it with, all becomes okay if you can get away with it. If your heart says, I don't want you, God, I want that. 
you'll be willing to see evil as good with the benefit of yourself. Maybe that describes some of us this morning, our husbands. Maybe when you look over the fence and see your neighbor's yard, you acknowledge that that is someone who is arrogant. That is someone who is willing to stretch and break the law. Yet still, you look at their life with Maybe you're becoming convinced that the life of the arrogant, the Christ of the evildoer, is the pathway to God's blessing. Well, I'm not going to let you get away with that. We're going to see what Jesus says about those who are blessed. Look with me at Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Is Jesus' declaration of who is blessed different to yours? Is the word of your heart, I don't want you, God. I want that. Are you someone who looks on the life of the arrogant and the corrupt with envy? Do the secret parts of your life say that evil is God, is good? If this is the word of your heart this morning, let me be clear, that is not the Word of God. So let me encourage you. Keep listening. Because it doesn't have to be the Word of your heart. That doesn't have to be your rhythm. It doesn't have to be your heartbeat. It is possible for your heart to be with a different Word towards God. It's possible for you to have not the proper feeling heartbeat, but the God feeling and their heart beats with the word that says, I don't want that. I want you to go. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was given before him of those who feared the Lord. To fear God is to hold Him in reverence. 
it means accepting God's definition of good and evil and adopting it as your own. And when serving God is seen by the earlier group as something that is vain, as worthless, as empty, the God fears is seen his name. It means they value a relationship with God. They hold him, his character, the way of life that he calls us to. They hold that in high regard as having real value to them. And this passage doesn't go unnoticed by God. So these God hearers have a special place, a special mention before God. There's a book of remembrance that's written before him of those who seek him and serve his name. Their faithfulness remains as a permanent testimony on record before God, before him. Friends, the faithful are not forgotten by God. Is that you this morning? But do you always feel that way? Do you always feel like God hears your prayers? That He remembers who you are, the service you give to His name's sake? But friends, your faithfulness is remembered by God. But it's not just remembered by God, it's actually made possible by God Himself. Ezekiel tells us this in Ezekiel 36. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decree and be careful to keep and with this new heart and this new spirit within them that God feels alive as child who rests on their father's chest and they can hear their father's heartbeat and it says to them I don't want that that shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possessions, I will spare them as a means spared to some of these Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve God. Have you noticed that when you relax. And when you listen to someone's heartbeat, that your heart starts to sync up with theirs. Have you noticed that? I don't know what it's like for cardiologists who are always going around and listen to people's hearts. Maybe they don't know what's going on with their own. But have you noticed that? So if you lie with your head on someone's chest and you listen to the heart, you'll start to start to be in sync with theirs. 
friends, when we hear the rhythm of God, And Jesus' desire for us this morning is for our hearts to be in sync with Him. Is that how your heart beats this morning? Does your heart say to God, I don't want that, I want you? We know when our hearts start to be in sync with God because it becomes our desire to serve God. We see the emptiness of the profiteering life. And rather than envying it, we start to despise it. Yet we feel pity and compassion for those who are caught up in their way. If our heart beats in sync with Jesus' heart, then we respond to God's correction with repentance rather than rebellion. We entrust the details and directions of our life to Him rather than holding it tightly to ourselves. And like the faithful remnants here in Malachi 3, we hear the word of God passed us this morning that says, Bring our hearts naturally say to God, I don't want you. I want that. That's humanity's default. And if your heart towards God hasn't changed, and that is the heartbeat of your heart this morning, it is not a heartbeat you can change yourself. It's not a heartbeat that you can hide from God. It is a spiritual heartbeat that He sees clearly from each and every one of us. Some people that will never change. But friends, it is possible to have your heart be changed. It is possible because, unlike Adam and Eve, someone who, someone has changed. And their heart beat with a rhythm that said, I don't want that, I want you. And they were willing to give up their life so that you would have their heart. Listen to how the Apostle Paul explains this. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, 
actually being in very nice to God, we don't consider God equality with God something to be used to be his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Then have you heard Jesus' passion? Did you hear it through that passage just then? Jesus is the original heartbeat that says, I don't want that. I want you. Have you put your ear to Jesus' chest and heard those words to yourself? I don't want that. I want you. But Jesus invites us to do that this morning. And the way to do that this morning, I would suggest a few conditions. It starts with It starts with coming before the Lord of the universe, Jesus Christ, and allowing him to hear the beat of your heart and owning up for it. Saying, Lord, I've been going about. No matter what it appears, I've been going about. And the beat of my heart has been saying to you, I don't want you, I want that. Put your ears to his chest. And hear him say, that is not the beat of my heart. And I don't want that to be the beat of your heart. Hear his heartbeat say, I don't want that, I want you this morning. Confess your heart condition before him. He knows what it is. And ask him to give you that new heart, that new heartbeat. So that finally your heart can say to him, I don't want that. I want you. If you have never trusted in Jesus before, that is the path you need to take this morning. It's also a path that we need to take even if we have trusted Jesus before. Maybe this morning you've realized that you're your heart has gotten out of sync with Jesus. You realize that you've been seeing things that God declares as evil. And something that is good for you. As long as you can get away with it, it's okay. Well, the challenge for you this morning is once again to come before the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer to put your ear to his chest and allow your heart to, to reach them with him. And you need to do that this morning. But there are other practical ways that we can have our hearts beat in sync with Jesus. I'd encourage you, why not read the whole of Matthew chapters 5 to 7, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? 
here again where he declares those who are blessed and blessed. And we're going to stop where I stop. Go right the way through to the end of chapter 7. Hear the beat of Jesus' heart. Or maybe you want to go to the Gospel of Luke and read through the Gospel of Luke. And there's another place where you can hear the beat of Jesus' heart. Or maybe like the God here, God suggests you can come and talk to other Christians. When their service finishes, we go and have a cup of tea. Not talk to one another like the God here. About the character, about the name of God. Why not hold it in value together? Or maybe you could join up to a small group of the church. A connect group that meets every week and around the Bible. Sit and listen to the heartbeat of God. Or maybe you need to join a smaller accountability group of sacrifice people where you can get together regularly, share your struggles, share your encouragement, share your strength. This is something you're needing to do this morning. If you're needing to rest at your behest and do this step. Maybe you want to start first by, by praying. And I'm just thinking in a minute, you can see the first request. Quietly, just yourself to God. Say something to me. If you want to do business with him, that is the point where you can do business. And after this service, I'm just going to talk yourself on a third end here. If you want to talk about anything, if you want to pray about anything, please come and join me. I'd like to share that time together. Let me pray. For loving Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you that your heart beats for us. Lord, that you are willing to say to those who are faithful to you, you are mine. Lord, we want to acknowledge this morning that that is not the natural beat of our heart. But from the beginning, the beginning of our lives, our very fiber, the rhythm of our heart says to you, I don't want you. I want that. Yet our minds are blown, Father, that you would send your son. He would come and reveal the true rhythm of your heart for us. That he wouldn't see his position in heaven as something to be used to his advantage or grasp that, that he would say, I don't want that. And he would come and he would give his life for us. So Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have come and given your life for me. But I acknowledge that my heart doesn't naturally beat for you. But you have said that you want to put a new spirit in me, your spirit in me. You want to give me your heart, a heart that is soft to you and not hard. 
So, Father, I ask that you would hear the prayers of our hearts this morning. That you would enable us to put our heads once again on your chest and hear the heartbeat of our Savior and Lord. And I don't want that. I want to be you under Father, I pray that anyone who steps out in faith in this way this morning, that they will know in a very real way that you are the faithful God. And if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray that as we go from this place this morning, that we will not go with heartbeats that are unchanged, but that you will enable us to go with hearts that beat in sin with you. We pray this for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.